Hey, hello everyone. This week I'm sitting down with Crystal. It seems that the last few weeks I've been sitting with people a bit outside of the regular schedule program. Um, meaning that you know like she you know crystal um is a bit outside of you know like the regular uh guests that i have on the show but it was a super interesting conversation we talked about feng shui you know like it's so so uh a bit outside of my comfort zone but i i loved it um anyhow you know like it was it was a great conversation i had with crystal i can't wait for you to listen to her so uh without further ado here's crystal enjoy Hey, Crystal, how are you doing? I'm good, Alex. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Um, I'm going to ask my first question is going to be a twofold question. And, you know, like I, I realized that because of some of the latest events um, around the pandemic, I, I thought that I would stop asking the same fucking question. <laughs> But I guess you're going to be stuck in that for a while now. Uh, and so my, my twofold question goes like, Where are you located and how has been the pandemic so far for you? Um, well, I'm in the United States. Um, right now I'm in Oregon and it was interesting. Um, we actually just got here. We spent most of it in Oregon or excuse me, in Michigan and okay. just a little bit of in Minnesota. And so it was... Um, It's funny, I thought at first it was sort of still pretty normal for me, you know, like, because I, you know, I had an injury a few years ago, so I sort of went into that, got to stay at home all the time. Quarantine. Back in like, <laughs> yeah, quarantine on bed rest back in 2016. So for me, the beginning didn't really feel all that different from what life had been already for a few years, but the more it's drug on before it was um yeah it, it definitely was was a rough year for sure yeah and you know and the, really the reason why i asked this you know like and, and every week i come back kind of to the same um you know like my reflection is really around the fact that um as time goes whatever wave we're gonna you know declare that we're we're done with that freaking thing um You know, because we're what, like fifth, fourth or fifth wave now. Um, I'm guessing that, you know, like there's going to be a sixth and seventh and eighth wave that's going to be around the post-traumatic disorder coming out of this. For some yeah. people, the loneliness, the anxiety, uh, the panic um, are all combined, um, are going to be Uh, really, really hurtful for some of the our, our our society mental health, and you know that's why I asked my guests, you know, like how has been is it been for them, as well as you know, <laughs> have you seen other people that you know, like you you've heard or or um, encountered that you know, like has, has had problems with you know, like the, the you know, like the, the being isolated and 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 alone, and because um, you know, like from my perspective. Um, I come from, you know, like um, 
a lot of discussion around drug addiction and you know like so so you know like kind of an explosion of relapses an explosion of even suicides you know like people taking their own lives because you know like they feel too alone um can, do you feel kind of the same way about that um i've i've definitely seen some similar um in especially like in my work and with everywhere like not i mean it's like even going on to social media that's all of the things that i'll see too is this whole just it's like we're living in this sort of perpetual pandemic cabin fever sort of state of yeah like you can't leave because there's i mean things have opened up but then they close again and then they open and then there's all these other so it's like stuck at home like like you would be through the winter season, but there's been no spring break. There's been nothing to Absolutely. to release that. We're just still stuck in this perpetual sort of state. And we need that. We need that getting out of 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 being that of the stagnation of being stuck in one place. And that's been the hardest part is because of like what I noticed, because of our relationship with the space that we inhabit, us not leaving is that energy is never getting replaced. So it's just stagnating us and the space and everything else, right? All at the same time. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, like this is a situation that, you know, like I, I, I mean, I'm in Canada. So, you know, like my perspective is from, you know, like public authorities around Canada and, um, I don't hear much about that. I don't hear much about, you know, like, um, kind of worrying. And, you know, like, it's really weird because in, in the last year, there's been an explosion of uh, feminicide, you know? So, you know, like, a violent couple isolated, you know, like, uh, or, or, you know, like, a violent husband isolated. So, no way for, for you know, like, a, um, you know, like, a, you know, like, a, you know, like, yeah. You know, like, or, or, or just you know, like exactly from escaping and, and, you know, like they look, I feel like they look, they're looking at so many angles, but this is not the angle at which they're looking at, you know, like, just like, I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like beating anyone, but you know, like I understand, you know, like where the pressure comes from and, you know, like I understand that, you know, that some people can actually just break under that pressure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I've seen it a lot with the almost like um I don't I'm not a big fan of that show Hoarders, but it's showing up for a lot of people this come we're still in the compulsive buying, compulsive shopping yep. that humans do, but now it's just we've all we've become like this hoarder because we're just stuck at home with nothing else to do, so we just shop. Yeah. And so, and with no escape and no shift in that sort of energy, it, yeah, we're just in this very stagnant stage of, um, of this hoarding stage. It is. It is. Well, anyways, you know, like it's just, you know, like I, I, I feel almost obligated to ask the question every week, you know, like just for the reason that, you know, like it worries me. It just, you know, like it worries me a lot. You know, like there's really, um, I have like deep, thoughts around people that are alone you know like I'm, I'm you know like I'm, I'm actually with you know like i'm with my wife my son you know like there's like a 
there's a comfortable and peacefulness around me. But you know, like I know that it's I'm you know I I'm I'm pretty privileged that I you know I have that you know like so so um, it's not for everyone and you know like the people that don't have that time must fucking be slow you know like the the, the you know life must be you know like a, a I mean the loneliness must be tough you know like so so I have deep deep thoughts about you know like these people yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's we. I was fortunate enough to get to um, go spend about three months over from like Halloween to January of, with with my grandmother to be able to take care of her over this pandemic season. And yeah, it was. I know it was good for her because she had you know. I mean, being isolated at ninety for so long already. I mean, from March until. October, that's a long time to be just completely isolated at 90 years old, you know, and all of the, the inherent dangers that go along with that, you know, falling down or getting hurt or, you know, like, so yeah, there's definitely, I've definitely seen a lot of that going on too, just the loneliness and the uh, facing all of the mental health stuff, which, you know, the hoarding and the cluttering up is is a reflection of that too. And so. I've heard, and I even heard people, a few people actually witnessing an acceleration of aging to the elder people. You know, like, to, you know, uh, people are, you know, like it seems to be aging faster because they're unoccupied, like um, sedentary, you know, like they don't move, they don't, they don't socialize. And, and therefore, you know, like the, you, you see them just like age much faster. So within that period that you just mentioned between March and October, you see them again, you're like, oh my God, you know, like, you, you know, like you, last time I saw you, you were like kind of autonomous, operational, you know, like you could actually do, you know, like your own thing. And, you know, like uh, six months later, you're like, my God, you know, like you, 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 I'm not, I'm not referring necessarily to, to, to your grandma, but um I've seen, I've heard people say that, you know, like they, when they went and visit back their, you know, like their, their grandfather or their father, um, they, they, they realized that, wow, you know, like it, it almost felt like they, they aged, um, in an accelerated manner. Um, it's so, yeah, again, you know, like this is just fucking crazy. My mom died the first week we got quarantined, you know, and so, um, it was just, you know, like just um, crazy because, you know, like we didn't know how much of the family could attend the funeral. We didn't know, you know, like what, what, what the fuck was going on actually? Like <laughs> people were just, should I wear a mask, gloves? And like people were just like, you know, like some, like it was just all over the place. You know, like the, the, the funeral place called and say, well, we cannot be more than 10, maybe 15. And then it was 25 and then it got back to 10 and then, you know, <clears throat> it was just a, a whole mess, you know, like a, just a big mess. Right. And that plays on your your emotions and your mental health in a whole nother way. Like, yeah. you know, a death in the family is hard enough to deal with. And then you add all of these stressors on it and all of the additional impact of, well, you can come. Well, no, you can't come. Well, it, it, you know, just it's yeah. just like stutter stepping through life and just trying to be like, oh, well, somebody said this and somebody said that. It's just, it is crazy. It's just, it's a lot to deal with, from especially from a mental health 
standpoint, I think. And, you know, and the and, media handling of things is, you know, it doesn't help. You know, like the 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 and I'm I'm not blaming one more than another. I'm I'm pretty general on, you know, like the media handling of this is is a bit of a mess right now. You know, like the last week, um, so I was double shot with two different vaccines, you know, because AstraZeneca was just like the, you know, like the best thing, then the worst thing that it brought back to being the best thing and the last, you know, last thing you should get shot with and whatever. So, well, sure enough, I got the fucking AZ, the AstraZeneca, my first shot, you know, like, so then they say, so the media say, and while well, public health says, oh, that's not bad, not, not so bad after all, you're going to get like something else like the Pfizer next. And so you're going to be double shot, but with two va two different vaccines, so you're going to be super vaxxed. You know? <laughs> you're going to be super protected. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so I get that second Pfizer shot and I'm like, wow, you know, like I got an edge, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm super emanated from everything. And then last week, the media said, oh, sorry, but, you know, it seems that, you know, like you got like half, shot of either and so you probably were probably looking at you know and they are oh that the other argument was that foreign countries doesn't necessarily recognize the benefit of having two distinct shots from two two uh vendors to, from two uh manufacturers and so i may need if i want to travel abroad to get a third shot of that either one or the other um and I'm like okay how many fucking shots should i get <laughs> i just want to i just want to travel um and so there are countries that doesn't recognize that it it is two shots yeah but because it's two shots from different companies it is not like if you were double vaccinated from that same company so yeah so and so i i i listened to that last week i was like oh no fudge and uh, I work from a, for a U.S. company, so I know that, you know, like I may need to travel there. And so I think 15 minutes later, um, some news reporters say, yeah, but, you know, like we're not still we're still not sure yet. So, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, OK, you know, like I, you know, I quit, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when when I get there for now. You know, like I'm, I'm like I'm double protected, you know, deal with it, you know, like um, we'll see. We'll see, but it's just to say how much the media is just a bit of a, all over the place and a bit of a mess, you know? Yeah, I've heard that from a couple other people that they are needing now being told they need to have a third shot as well, which is, yeah, it's, I hadn't heard that. I mean, I've heard it from a couple of people and now you, it's like the, and I get it that it's new. And so there's a lot of changing information constantly. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost hard to keep up, which is, I think, part of another part of the whole thing, right? We're stuck at home and now we're inundated with just more and more information and it's conflicting information. And, you know, it's just like, it's like being in a swimming pool that's there. They've took out all the water and just filled it up with just raw poison, you know, yeah. like, and uh, we're just yeah. inundated in it because you can't get away from like, the TV, especially when we've been stuck at home for so long, escaping the input of information and such vastly differing information and constantly 
changing information, I think is just almost information overload, which is part of the struggle that we're kind of stuck in, right? This, this, it's almost a, yeah, it's just a stagnant circle of too much information and who do you, and what do you believe and who do you believe and where do you listen and which direction do you look and is this the most current information and what do I, and yeah, that gets to be a lot for, with, just for the, I think that everything that's been going on for and so it, long. It was probably my, my biggest mistake is, you know, when it all started, um, I was actually, you know, like the TV was on 24 seven on the same shit, you know, like, and, and, and I like realized after a few weeks that, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go crazy if I continue like that. Uh, for many, many reasons, you know, like you, you couldn't, you couldn't listen to that and then go on the internet and hear all kinds of nonsense. And I could totally understand where someone would just like get their brain all wired, messed up because they hear something from one end that changes all the time. And then they hear like the so-called, um, you know, like, um, I don't know, eliminated people that, you know, like they know for a fact and, you know, like their, their, their opinion never changes, you know, like this is how it is, you know, like in this, you haven't seen that or you didn't know about this, you know, and so I totally get it, you know, like what should be considered like the legit information was moving and just so unstable. And then you were, you had those, a bit of the freaks that were like, we know, you know, our, our, our opinion never change. We know, you know, and, and, Bill Gates, no. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's get back to regular schedule here. Um, I'm every week. I pretty much do the same, which is like I, I invite my guests to rewind their life story tape and bring me back as far as you want um, to your bringing to, you know, like kind of the family picture, you know, like, you know, like the, 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 yeah, the old family photo where, you know, like where you grew and how you grew and, and, you know, like bring me back there, Crystal. Um, well, I actually, I actually grew up in a very abusive home. Um, my parents divorced when I was about eight and, um, my mom started dating a pedophile. Wow. And, uh, I, I told her that there was, you know, a problem, there was something going on and she, well, she decided she didn't believe me. She, she, uh, I gave her an ultimatum that it was him or me and, uh, well, they're still married. So, um, at that age, I actually sort of decided like, I'm never going to be anything like you at all and looking for a different mentorship. And I was very fortunate in that my dad also remarried and he, well, he married a a witch really. (laughs) And she sort of introduced me to the idea of magic or manifesting and being able to create sort of a different life for yourself with uh, what I later learned as I grew older, you know, like the law of attraction, it was sort of the initial theory around that. I started learning about it when I was nine. Um, and it, it really became a deep part of where my, where my life went to just because of, I think where I was at that time and what I was trying to 
escape from, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. Crystal, um, I have to ask, you know, how do you, uh, that, that new adults that comes kind of pops in your life, that that is you know like the the your mama's lover right you know like that's you know kind of i'm using a seven eight year old kid's you know imagination or 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 perspective um how do you come to realize that you know like something is wrong and you know like is it with interaction that he has with you or it's interaction that he has with the world around him oh no it was interactions with me Okay. It was very much definitely interactions with me. Um, I mean, also the interactions with the world. I could witness a lot of things that didn't necessarily happen to me, but things that happened in my... So it was both, really. Yeah, you know? and deviancy from comments or, be, you know, like, or, or, or behavior and, and, and just mm -hmm. uh, how he behaves in lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so you say that you know, like you give, uh, you gave an ultimatum, and that your mom just like couldn't believe, you know, like yeah, she just she, I don't know, she didn't believe me. They actually um, told me I was a liar, and they sent me to a psychiatrist and told him I was a liar, and <laughs> you know that that I needed to be stopped from lying. So everything I told him about being abused, he really deflected around to, you know, stop lying. You need to, you know, you need to come, come around to everybody's way of thinking. Like this is the way things are now and you need to be happy with it. So it was sort of a, it was, it was very much like just having my voice taken away altogether. Absolutely. You know, at yeah. A, at a, as a very young child, when I was about 11, I wrote a story, um, which was a very, erotic story especially for an 11 year old and you know my mom actually found it and I overheard her she shared it with her sister and I overheard them talking about how they could you know that they were pretty sure I was definitely being molested and they could blame it on my my biological father and you know keep me away from him and use that as a weapon and then they destroyed it actually they destroyed the evidence of all of it and just shamed me for writing it so yeah it was kind of a constant thing until i was grown and gone with the where, where, where was your father where was your father in that you know like that whole dynamic like was he too far was he too you know like too busy um what you know where was that um well after they got divorced um he moved across the country and he ended up getting remarried as well. So, I mean, I would see him for a couple months out of the year. And when I told him, you know, he filed for custody and there was a big custody battle, but, um, you know, there, she, she covered it up and she lied and, and she convinced everybody that there was nothing wrong and there was nothing going on. And, and I was eight. And so it was easier to believe her than to believe and Me, times weren't the same, and right? You know, like times weren't the same before. You know, like the, the, there was a there was a time where you know, like the 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 kids had very little voice. Yes, and this was you know this was back then. This was forty two years ago. You know, like this was a long, quite a long time ago. And so it was, I think it was a, a little easier then to 
still pretend, still fake it, still uh, ignore <laughs> it and, and act like it's not really a real thing. Yeah. And so, but it, yeah, it, it definitely had an impact on, on the rest of Sure. What was, uh, any siblings, brothers and sisters in there? Uh, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, I had sisters and then step-siblings and then half-siblings and, yeah. So, yeah, there was and a whole group. <laughs> were, were there um, molestation or, you know, like kind of the same deviancies going on with, you know, like the, the brother and sisterhood as well? Um, from what I've... From what I'm aware of, yes. From what I've seen, what I've witnessed from my own experience, yes. The 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 depth and I, I don't know of sure. I don't but, know, you know everybody's like, details, so but yes. Can you develop a relation with a brother or sister under those circumstances? You know, especially when you're kind of pointed finger as the black sheep of that of that thing. You know, like you know, like, can, can you? develop um, privacy or or i mean intimacy but I, mean, I don't mean in a sexual way but you know like you know like brother and sister can be you know there, there's a usually there's a strong bond um but the way you know like for just from the way you just said it you know like you seem like they, they seem like like almost like strangers to you um they really they really are um i mean my parents were really good at divide and conquer so they you know, we didn't, I didn't have very close relationships. And honestly, I, I, I didn't, I stopped speaking to, my parents tried to kidnap my children in uh, 94. And I haven't, I haven't spoken to them since then. So I really don't, it was only just this past year that I have reconnected with my family. I don't, I haven't spoken to them in decades because of, uh, of, yeah, just to keep me and to keep my children safe and away from my parents. So wow. Mm -hmm. So almost like evil adults around you. Um well they're predators for sure. They're they're predators for sure. Um you and know, I they say tried that to kidnap in, Yeah, but I say that in 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 a in a kid's perspective. You know like you know like your first the first trust bond that you develop with adult mm -hmm. authorities uh, you know like in order are your parents and the first your first teacher in, in you know, like in, in kindergarten and, you know, like in, 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 you know, and in school, you know, like, so, so I, you know, like I, I interviewed a lot of people that had issues with, um, with drugs and alcohol and addictions and, 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 you know, and so one of my main questions was always, okay, so, well, family wasn't, you know, like, well, whatever the circumstances they would describe, but is there, you know, I would then ask, what, and, and I'm going to ask you that question. What was your relation with authority then? You know, like, because that first contact with adult trust and authority, well, let's be honest, is a complete shit show, right? You know, like, you, you can't trust an adult from a seven, eight, nine year old perspective. You really right. can't trust an adult. So, what's your relation with a teacher or a principal or, or, or then, you know, like, What's your relation with with them? Um, there was I. I mean, I remember trying to tell to try to talk to people, but there just wasn't. It was a different. I know it was definitely a different time. I, I had a lot of mistrust just because I was not believed for so long, or it was always a 
well, let me call your your mother and ask you said this and let me just call her and ask her and of course they call her and ask her and she's gonna say well of course not i mean people don't admit to that you know what i mean like you have to absolutely it's a whole big process when when you when criminals get arrested for things that they do like they don't usually just sit down and be like oh yeah yeah that was that was me i sure did yeah so for anybody to expect a truthful answer is kind of very naive but at that age you know it was just like Nobody ever believes me. And so the like long term, I had very serious, you know, struggles with trust and feeling like I always had to prove myself. Like prove that I I was telling the truth or knew what I was talking about, or that I was even as an adult, you know, like it was it was good that you hired me because, you know, I was worth it. You know, like I had to prove that I was thanks for dating me. Cause I was worth, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. always having to prove everything. Um, yeah. What, that kind goes- of, what kind of teen do you become crystal? You know, like what, what, what kind of, you know, like introvert, uh, like really like in your shell or, or oh, kind of, no, quite of the I opposite. Was super rebellious. I was super as, rebellious yeah. as a teenager. I ran away a bunch of times. Um, every time I ran away, you know, they threw me into a hospital with some other shrink um, to try to fix me. Um, but yeah, no, I was super rebellious. I, um, I fought back a lot. Um, I, I ended up getting pregnant, um, as a teenager. So I had both of my kids, um, when I was still in my teens and, uh, yeah, so I was, I was a statistic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, that's that's pretty much why I do ask those questions. You know, like that's why I ask, you know, like about people early life, you know, because most of the time um, it has a snowball effect to whoever they become, you know, like the, you know, like um, people that have addiction, you know, like I, I am of the, of the, I'm, I truly believe that there is a sickness, an obsessive compulsive sickness around addiction, you know, like so, so for me, as far as I remember, I was that intense, you know, like, like, like couldn't, you know, I couldn't satisfy thirst for knowledge, thirst for action, thirst for adrenaline, you know, like that, that I couldn't, I couldn't just couldn't quench, you know, like the thirst, you know, like that. So I was thirsty all the time. So no fucking wonder that when I started drinking, I couldn't satisfy the thirst either there, you know, like it was just, it was just, it just makes sense. Um, so for me, it's it's kind of you know like the the the, um, the snowball effect of you know like starting off your life with absolutely no way to trust an adult, or mm-hmm. I mean almost anyone else, you know, because adults is you know like they're pretty much you know like your whole life, you know, like when 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 you look at it in the in the in in the in the seven year old you know uh, position, you know like the adults is you know, the key to world, you know, <laughs> like you can't do shit if you know, like the adult that doesn't allow you to. Uh, and so having no trust into, you know, like the old world, I mean, obviously makes you, well, a rebellious kids, you know, like some becomes super introvert, but have like those messed up scenario when you know, like they, they write like super violent poetry or, you know, like they, 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 you know, like they kind of express in their art or in their writing or, um, 
And then there's the other category that, you know, like just kind of explodes, you know, like, like you won't step in my, on my feet, motherfucker. And, you know, like they just like become like that, like almost over the top, bigger than life persona um, with that, you know, like that you shall, you know, like almost like untouchable and, and, you know, like don't approach me, you know, like, and, and, and um, I totally get it, you know, mm -hmm. and um and so, what about uh, school? You know, like, do do you do you pursue um, do you pursue school? Do you um, were you able to uh, you know like to, to, because you said you 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 know like you you got your kids kind of early, so were you able to pursue school? I did, I did, I did it a few you know a little bit later than than most. You know, I had a lot of. Well, of course, I had a lot of you're too stupid to do anything, you know, so I had to sort of get a little bit past that. But, you know, I had I was a single mom, too. So it wasn't until they were um, almost 10, I think I finally went back to school. And strangely enough, I, I had quite a debate with myself for I'd been laid off from my job and I was unemployed for about six months trying to figure out what am I going to do next? And I was sitting there watching TV every day, watching trading spaces <laughs> that tells you how long ago it was. <laughs> and, um, it was pretty new still back then and trying to figure out what I was going to go to school for. I actually considered going to school for forensic psychology, um, to just study exactly like, how do you become that person? How do you, how does the brain really work? Like how do all of these things connect to, you know, I, I seriously considered going to school for that. And, I had an epiphany one day that I was like, no, I really need to go to school to be an interior designer. <laughs> and so that's what I went to school for. And uh, it was in, I went to an art school. I went to the Art Institute of Colorado. So there was a lot of other art majors, right? Industrial design, graphic design, culinary. And, but we had all of our gen eds together, even though our, our major classes were separate. And it was in my, um, in my gen end class that I, uh, in psychology, excuse me, that they had us do an assignment that was, had to do with our field of study and a psychology subject. And so I picked feng shui as my topic, which had only really been popular in the United States for about five years at that time. And I started studying it and sort of just blossomed from there. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What did yeah. you what did you discover there that you know like um made you appreciate it so much? Well, it was really related. I knew it was related to the energy part of things, right? The the uh, and that, you know, went all the way back to the other part of my childhood where I'd learned about manifesting and, and changing your life. And so it really, it had to do with getting into alignment with the energy of the world around you, right? To, to manifest that life that you want. And feng shui is really all about studying the energy of your space and how it relates to you and your relationship with it. So it really is a psychology study, um, regarding the flow of energy in your space. Um, and that really appealed to me. Um, when I was, when I was young, you know, my, my Barbie dream house was always my favorite toy. <laughs> and one of the things that I was allowed to do was decorate my room a lot. So it was one of my escapes 
was to be able to create like a sort of space. So, um, yeah, when it came to really studying feng shui, I, I really loved that we, we were looking at your space as a reflection of really what's going on internally. Um, as far as your energy, right? In your energetic field. And um, how do you expand this? You know, like, did, did, you, know, like, did you want to stop there or you wanted to kind of expand this to, you know, like, you know, like teaching it to others or, or even expanding it in terms of, you know, like the, the know-how and, you know, like, because, you know, like I see this all the time, you know, like people start like a discipline and just want to, know you know like to become like sponges for anything that's a collateral of that you know like is this something that happened to you um you know not right away actually um it was it was interesting to me but i was in the middle of college and i was you know on my way to my career as an interior designer and so it was interesting and i sort of started applying it into my life but i didn't really start diving into it as a professional um until a few years later in my career um, I'd graduated, you know, from school, I'd worked as a designer and I was living in Hawaii at the time and I was working for a very high end residential design firm and we had clients that were from China and the, my boss had given them their design for their approval and they sent it back saying, no, the feng shui is all wrong in here. This needs to be changed. And she came back to us and was like, Hey, does anybody know anything about feng shui? Does anybody help at all? And I volunteered. I was like, like nobody else was. So I was like, well, I, I know some. And I sort of stepped into that. Like, I'll give it a shot and see what I can do. Um, and I'll do the best job that I possibly can. And um, it was, then there was a lot of fear too that came in too. Like, do these people know more than me? Because I only, you know, I'd read a, a dozen books or more, but I, I didn't feel like I was a full expert. Um, and that was the point where I was like, I really love this. And I can see myself how I can incorporate them both. And so even though I was now working in my career, that's when I went back to college for the second time to, to get um, to study feng shui as a profession to become a consultant. I've never really wanted to teach people how to be a consultant. I just like helping them create a space that helps them live their best life absolutely really. and um and is is this still something that you practice now yeah every day that's it's the that's all what my company does is that's your job design mm -hmm. and design. Mm -hmm. for people that have no freaking idea what we're talking about right now you know like i know a bit about this but you know like for for anyone that listens, it's like, what are they talking? Are, are they talking about Chinese food here? What what are they talking about? You know, what is feng shui? Um, it's it's really just the study of the flow of energy in your space, right? It's the you you have an energetic frequency, right? You physically have an energetic frequency. We all do, and your home is really an extension of that energetic frequency. It's sort of the container that it lives in. Um, but your home also has an energetic frequency and the two of them can sometimes clash. And so when it comes to feng shui, really, it's looking at that relationship. Are they in alignment? 
and everything is flowing smoothly or are they out of alignment and everything is more struggle, literally on an energetic level because it will reflect in your results sort of in the world, right? When we get into this stagnant energy and nothing can flow, it impacts our money and it impacts our business. It impacts how many clients, our, our relationships. It impacts all of the different areas of our life. Um, but when we keep the, the flow moving um, at the right pace, you know, we don't want it to go too fast or too slow. So we want it to flow smoothly. Um, that's when life flows smoothly um, because it's literally just a mirror. And so with feng shui, we just observe that. We study it and we make changes to it to impact the flow of energy so that we impact the, the results in your life. And, and it's not, you know, like, it's not necessarily a minimalist, uh, minimalist um, design uh, solution necessarily, right? It's not always. No, it's not always. I wouldn't say it's always minimalist. There's definitely some decluttering to do for most people, right? Because it's the clutter that stagnates the energy. So there's definitely some decluttering to do, but it doesn't mean you got to, you know, live with no belongings. Like you want to be surrounded with things that you use and things that you need and things that you love. Um, and, and then the energy flows smoothly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> how do you practice, you know, like, especially during these times, you're like, how do you practice? Is this like remote, uh, consultation? I do. Yeah, I do. I, I had an injury back in 2016 that left me unable to walk, um, and bedridden for uh, about three years actually. And so I couldn't work. And so my My vision then was always to have a business that I could do remotely because that also allows me to, to reach clients all over the place. When I Absolutely. first started studying feng shui, I was in Hawaii and I, I started taking on, you know, clients. Um, and I asked my group of women like, Hey, I want to start doing this. I need some Guinea pigs who wants help. And they were all over the country. And so I sort of had to figure out how to do it virtually from from the very beginning because it was um it, it allowed my reach to be bigger and it really allowed me to help more people that way um and so it worked well you know going into this new normal yeah <laughs> um, you know with being in quarantine that i've really been able to to just go full speed ahead because everything has always been virtual for me what did it change in your own life You know, in your own personal life, do you know, like to kind of to discover that? And, you know, like, how do you apply that, you know, like as a, you know, like as a human being, you know, like, because, you know, like there's obviously a spirituality that, you know, like associated with that, you know, like, and so I guess you need to practice on your own spirit, you know, like kind of what you teach or, or what you, um, what you apply in other people, in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When I first started funny studying feng shui, it's funny, I, I applied it like a lot of people do. I applied it like a band-aid remedy. Like, oh, I'll just do this and that'll fix what's wrong with my life. And it wasn't until, you know, I had, I started taking clients and I started really working with people and starting to understand it more. And then when I injured myself, that's when I really started applying it to my life. Like, 
I got to do everything I can because I injured myself on, on my job. So it was a workman's comp injury. And if you've ever had to deal with workman's comp insurance, I, I give it zero stars. It's a, I don't recommend it at all. Um, it's a, it's a very not fun situation, which is why it actually took so long, right? It took so long to just for me to get basic medical treatment, right? So for three years, that was how that went on. And at the time it was an uphill battle every step of the way, like every doctor's visit, every, everything. And I was, I really felt like I was fully on my own. Like they didn't care if I was going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. The only person that cared was me. And so I was the one that had to do something about it. And so when I started really on that healing journey, for me, it started physically. I'd been on the, the emotional and mental healing journey for about, mm, about five or six years at that time. And, um, but this was when I started really the physical journey and started healing all of the, the damage to my physical, mental, and emotional sort of self from childhood all the way on. But I started applying feng shui at the foundation of it. Like just at, I'm going to make a space for me to take care of myself. I'm going to make a space for that energetically supports the vision right? The vision of healing and the vision of being able to walk again and the vision of being able to sort of have that autonomy over my own life, financially, physically, mentally, all the things, right? So I wanted my space to do that. And because of what I knew about our relationship with our space, um, we, we can use it really like a 3D vision board. And so that was what I created was a space for me to manifest a healed body. And eventually, um, you know, it, it obviously took some time, but when I started really applying feng shui and really not just applying what I knew from in my head, but really started embodying it in my whole being, in my whole way of life, that's when everything changed. And that's really when I developed my framework too. Like I really honed in, how do I work with clients? Because they are all over the world. And what does that look like when it's so different from what the average designer does? It's, um, and so I'd really developed that over a couple of years time frame while I was on that healing journey even to get myself back out of a wheelchair and able to walk again. And you, you said that um, you recently have um, reconnected with you know, like some of your family members Would you, would you um, attribute that to your um, spiritual journey through Feng Shui as well? Um, yes, for sure. Um, because of, it's just given me that ability to heal so much of, of that trauma. You know, all of the baggage that, that I was carrying around, all of the things that I, you know, believed about myself, that I was a burden or that I was stupid or that I wasn't worth the life that I wanted to have for myself. Like all of that, I think I had to be in that place to be able to, you know, go back and, and, and face my own childhood, really. Because Sometimes the monsters under the bed are really real, <laughs> you know, like, and when you're going to just go walking into their den, 
you kind of got to be prepared for that in a, in a whole different sort of way, right? You're not going in as a child. You have to be going in as an adult. But I just sort of had to get there first. And feng shui is really what, what helped. Um, studying it, I studied and learned so much about our relationship with our space and how we can use it to literally declutter everything that's going on physically. And so, um, yeah, it, I would have to say that that was, that was my ticket. Where can people find you, Crystal? You know, like where can people, you know, like actually, um, you know, like, do, do you offer your service worldwide? Do you, you know, like, is this something that, you know, like people can find you anywhere, you know, like, you know, for, you know, for service, I mean, but you know, like, where can people find you? Um, you can certainly find me online. Yes, it's a service that I offer um, worldwide. Um, it's called a Peace and Prosperity Alignment, which you can find at peaceandprosperityalignment.com. <laughs> um, I like to keep things simple. Yep. Um, and you can find me on my website, which is crystalholm.com and all of social media. I tend to hang out mostly on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And um, you can find me on any of those platforms. Awesome. And uh, for anyone that's listening, don't pause. Everything, every link is going to be supplied on the description of the episode. So uh, Crystal is going to send them, you know, send it to me. And, you know, like I'm going to make sure that, you know, like they're all written below. Uh, Crystal, that's a crazy life you had. Um, I feel you are in peace right now. You know, like I've, and, and are you, you know, like, do you consider yourself in peace? I, I really am. I really, really am. This, I think this last, for me, this last year has been going back to spend time with my grandma and going back to spend time with some of my family has brought me some of that peace. It really has. It's helped me to um, have really hard conversations. Um, it's helped me to find my voice again. It's, it's, it's helped me to get the voice back that was stolen from me so long ago. Um, and so, yeah. I have to say, yes. You, you, you shine it. I can say that. Um, you know, like we're, we're, we're a few miles apart, but through that video camera lens, uh, I, 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 I see the shine. So that's, uh, that, that feels and, and, and looks like a lot of peace. And, um, and I want to thank you to have shared, um, your story. You know, like it, it, you know, like it takes, um, not only courage, but you know, like it's, uh, I'm gonna say it again, but you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit shocked that you know, like people reaches, people reach out to me and just are, you know, like willing to, you know, like share and open their art and and their own life story to, to a, well, a freaking stranger up north in <laughs> Quebec, Canada, and you know, like just like, hey, buddy, you know, like, uh, would you would you be open to listen to my life? I'm like, goddamn, yeah, you know, like I, I love doing that, but you know, like it always surprises humbles and 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 flatters me in a good way you know like i i i am i'm i'm honored to to uh i've listened to your life story crystal really and you know like i i'm i'm pretty sure listeners are too you know, like my um and it was a pleasure having you on really thank you thank you so much for having me on it has been it's been fun being here thank you take care bye yes. bye bye bye